Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. Doctors performed operations on baby Tessa at two and three months and when she was only a year old. There were many more procedures that continued between the ages four and five in an effort to correct biliary atresia, a congenital condition resulting in a blockage in the ducts that carry bile from the liver to the small intestines. Surgeries were common in her childhood years, but they were really just temporary measures until the unavoidable occurred. Her family remained brave, but the situation was dire. Tessa was in organ failure and would need a liver transplant to live. Hi, you're listening to episode 63 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. Suddenly, on October 14, 1991, the whole outlook for our Tessa's survival changed and became optimistic and bright when she received the liver of a five-year-old boy who saved her life when he passed. Now, 30 years later, Tessa is still thriving and coincidentally, a mother of two boys of her own. Tessa, thank you so much for being willing to share your story. No problem. Thank you for having me. 30 years. That is fantastic for a transplant recipient. Thank you. It's an amazing accomplishment. Looking back, how do you feel about the transplant and then, of course, your donor angel who gave you the gift of life? Actually, I actually consider myself lucky in the whole situation because I was so young that I really didn't understand the severity of what was going on. As you had mentioned, I had 10 surgeries before the transplant. Surgery, The transplant was number 11. And then I had two surgeries after my transplant. So I had 13 surgeries for my liver by the time I was six years old. As you can imagine, I was in and out of the hospital in between surgeries and everything because, you know, my liver, my health fluctuated that entire time. You know, I didn't really like going to the hospital, but I was very familiar with it. When it came time for the transplant, I knew that I needed a new liver, but I didn't quite understand that if I didn't get one that I could die. Not until years later, you know, when I got older, because I didn't know really the full scope of what was happening around. And that actually made it easier for me to deal with. So I actually consider myself very fortunate. After the transplant, you know, everyone just kind of tried to make everything positive. I had a child life worker who, like, played with me all day. His job was to keep my mind off being in the hospital. I had the best time in the hospital. I loved it. So I'm very fortunate that. I was that age. I often feel that ignorance is bliss sometimes. You have no clue how severe things are, and you kind of just go through it. Definitely in this situation, it was a blessing to not know what was going on. You know, at the same time, I'm living, and my donor had died. And so, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, there's this family who lost their son. Again, at the time, I didn't understand the full weight of all of that, but I I knew that he died. 
so that I could live. I knew that much. Of course, I was sad because they didn't have their son anymore. Um, we got a Christmas card from the donor family the first year, and I think the second year as well. Um, but after that, we've, we've had no contact with them. You know, that's completely understandable. Of course. Did you correspond back with them? I think we did. I don't know. It wouldn't have been me who wrote it. You know, I was so young. It would have been my mom. Um, and I honestly don't remember if we did reach out or not. I just find it so poignant that now you yourself are a mother of two boys. How does that make you feel about your life and, of course, the gift you were given? I mean, blessed would be an understatement. When I was younger, I got switched to Prograph, the anti-rejection drug. And one of the warnings on the label was that you have to consult your doctor before you start breastfeeding. Like, I didn't even know if I could have kids because of my liver and everything. And ironically enough, I had Carter, my five-year-old. I had him when I was 30. And at that time, I was actually feeling my biological clock ticking. And so I was actually on the search for a doctor to go get tested to see if can I even get pregnant. And then I got pregnant. And I was like, wow, okay. Talk about like perfect timing. <laughs> there you go. While I was pregnant with Carter and while I was pregnant with Aiden, I did develop cholestasis, which is something that can impact any pregnant woman. And it's basically that your liver has trouble producing bile. And the bile acids get into your bloodstream and deposit under your skin. And it presented late in my pregnancy. And I almost thought that I was having an allergic reaction. But when I got my blood drawn while I was pregnant, they noticed that my liver enzymes were elevated. And immediately my doctor thought rejection. So that scared me. I was towards the end of my pregnancy when this all happened with Carter. And I was like, what? And they did another test. And they saw that that was off. And um, so he's like, no, you're not rejecting. So it's actually this, this cholestasis. But women who have cholestasis have to deliver their babies between 35 to 37 weeks. He said the longer the baby stays in the body, the more chance it has of being a stillborn. So we scheduled an induction and Carter finally came. So he was three and a half weeks early. And then I had other complications with Aiden. I developed gestational diabetes, I was dehydrated, and I was in the hospital for a week total. But he was born on the fourth day that I was there because my enzymes were so elevated that it scared them and thought that, you know, it would affect him. So he was actually born six weeks early. Wow. But both of them didn't have any issues with their liver. They are perfectly healthy. Carter's five now and eight is one. And if they would have had anything like biliary atresia, like I had, it would have already presented. So very, very happy that both my boys are very healthy. That's great. Besides being a mom, in these 30 mm-hmm. years that you've had this gift of life, what are a couple other milestones that you've been able to achieve? Because of my donor, just living in general. I mean, you know, without my donor, I wouldn't be here at all. But because I was given the gift of life all those years ago, I did graduate from high school and I graduated from college. And like I said, I have my two babies. 
Tessa, you are a seasoned veteran volunteer for LifeBank. You've, yeah. you've gone out to high schools, you've gone out to health fairs and general public education for us. What are your thoughts about donation and transplantation? I honestly think that there's no reason not to be a donor unless it's something personal to you, like that you, for whatever reason, want to be buried with all of your organs. I hear so many people saying it's against my religion. It's, you know, all these myths that we're, you know, that we're taught about in our volunteer training that like there's people who say these things and it's just not true. So I feel like unless you have like a personal objection, there's no reason not to be a donor. And it's such um, a necessity these days. And you don't even know if you can be a donor. Really, you don't know if you can, like what you can and can't donate until you've already passed on and they're able to see what organs you have that, that can be transplanted. So just sign up and if they can use your organs, then they can. And if not, then, you know, no harm, no foul. Tessa, would you share maybe a couple of, of lessons that you've learned throughout all these years of being a recipient? Lessons that I've learned basically just don't take anything for granted. Like you never know what's going to happen. I mean, my understanding is that the the little boy who passed away and uh, donated his organs, he chased his ball out in the street and got hit by a car. I mean, it could be something that simple that takes you out of this world. And if you have the chance to help somebody out on your way out, then why wouldn't you want to do that? I'm just, I'm so grateful to, well, really to the parent of that little boy for donating his organs because, you know, he, he couldn't give consent. So his parents did. And it's amazing because without that decision, without that event happening, you know, I wouldn't be here and neither would my boy. And so I'm very, very grateful for that. So I just think that just don't take anything for granted and live each day to the fullest and do whatever it is you want to do. You only have so much time and hopefully you'll make that selfless decision to be an organ donor and help somebody else live their life. You're right on with that. And your 30 years is just amazing how just living your life every day is such a blessing. It really is. Thank you, Tessa. We appreciate you sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. We hope you found today's episode inspiring and informative. Let's Talk About Life can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And of course, always on lifebank.org slash resources. We encourage you to subscribe and we invite you back next week. And come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it.